0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Thanks for you to, um, to speak at this mic, uh, if you would like, there will be a time for uh, sacred witnessing And um, speaking of the sacred, I just want to name that the Holy Spirit is in this room. In live stream, uh, just has jumped back online through our website.
1: We give thanks and praise.
0: Hallelujah. Listen. So uh, if you are on the Zoom, you can uh, go over to. (laughs) Yeah, we give glory to God. Yeah. Thank God. Okay, well, we're doing our best here.
1: Thank you. So.
0: Um, It's eerily relevant to the sermon today that, like, you know, Caitlin and I were here, actually, we were here last night, uh, uh, making sure that we're doing tech things, run through things, making sure that it's all smooth, and there's something to be said about, like, it's our job to be doing the preparation, and it's our job to make sure that we're, like, doing our best and showing up to the work, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to like bring everything to life again. (laughs) And so, the metaphor is, like, there's going to be some tech set up, some cables that you need to lay in your life, some due diligence that you need to put in, and sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to make the connection when the Holy Spirit makes the connection. So we're just going to wait on God's time. Hallelujah. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. Um, So, uh, after the sermon, like I was saying, there is going to be um, a time for our community to share, and the question that I'm going to ask you to reflect on is, when was a time in your life when being persistent was worth it? When was a time in your life when being persistent was worth it? We'll have a chance to share a little bit after the sermon. Aww. So, uh, New City Church really cares about justice and really cares about, like, centering marginalized voices, which means that we intentionally try to center the experience of black folks, black folks, indigenous folks, queer folks, trans folks. And um, uh, one of the things that we often talk about is creating space. And can we all just say this in, like, a breathy voice together? Creating space. Like, a lot of times we're talking about creating space. And that means, like, we're trying to, um, you know... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that means that we are trying to Create space by centering the experience of people who are oppressed in our society. We're trying to uh, um, create space. If, if you're someone who like is someone who automatically knows how to um, respond to something really quick, we're creating space for people who need to process. If you're an extrovert, we create space for introverts. Like creating space is an important muscle of a disciple because if we can't create space, then we're always asserting our ego, and then we're not gonna let the Holy Spirit kind of jump on in. And so creating space is something that we talk about a lot at New City Church. But um, this scripture is to a very particular people, to a very particular audience. This scripture is uh, for folks who have been expected to create space, not not choosing to create space as like a, like I'm choosing to listen to other folks, but expected to be docile, expected to be silent, uh, expected to be marginalized. Jesus is preaching to folks who are destitute and poor, who are completely marginalized, completely <laughs> like um, uh, inconsequential in the eyes of the Roman Empire he's preaching to these folks and he's and he's saying, you know, like to a discouraged people, to an apathetic people, to a whatever people, there is a God who is who is trying to show that there's a muscle beyond just creating space. Sometimes we have to practice something else. And by a whatever people, I mean like the kind of people that you you have had those moments where you're like whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Or like, what's your favorite like discouraged sound? Oh. Mm. Yeah, now I'm beatboxing. So like, yeah. so the point is that like, whenever you're at that spot where it's like, whatever that's going on in your life, Jesus is like, okay, so maybe there's something to lean into here. Sometimes we have to practice creating space, but there's another time when we have to practice advocating for our needs advocating for our needs even to God sometimes we have to be like I'm um, stepping back to be able to understand other people's needs and creating space and that's important but sometimes people become so numb to their own needs people who have been forced to create space are so distant from their own needs that they can't even advocate for their own needs when people ask sometimes people have a really hard time asking for what they want, and Jesus tells the story about um, this poor widowed woman in a society that is not listening to her, who is advocating for her needs. She is asking for what she needs, and I just want to name that there are three things that happen when you advocate for your needs. There are three things that happen. One is that we admit that we do indeed have needs. I'm looking at you, Enneagram twos and nines. Okay, hey. You have needs. You have opinions about things. Even if, it's
2: like,
0: <laughs> even when people are arguing, you can still have an opinion about the things. Even when people have needs and are asking you for help, you can still ask for help. This is an amazing thing that happens when we practice advocating for our needs. And God is like, "Hey, you better practice in prayer." You better practice advocating for your needs in prayer because if you're not even in touch with your needs with God, who's like, God, then how in the world are you going to show up and advocate for your needs in relationship with other people? Like, if you're not even asking God for what you need, like, who's abundant and infinite and can't wait to listen to you and loves you so much and already knows all your needs and is just waiting for you to tell about it, like, how in the world are you going to show up to your roommate or to your boss? how in the world are you gonna ask for the raise that it actually deeply deserve or how in the world are you gonna are you gonna ask your your uh, partner to actually clean out the dishwasher like there's certain needs right? certain needs Amen. and uh, when we advocate for our needs we admit that there are indeed needs um something else that happens when we advocate for our needs is it becomes easier to recognize provision as in Sometimes when we advocate for our needs, it becomes easier to recognize things that could meet those needs. Like a lot of times, um, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of folks are just like, I kind of feel like gray and sad and weird, and then as we do welcoming prayer, we sift under that, and what we find is that people feel lonely, or that they feel like they're disconnected, or that they actually need friends. But do you see how, if you just stay in that, like, I don't know what's wrong, I just kind of feel weird, that you, if you, what you deeply needed was friends, that you might pass on making friends because of the gray weirdness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me say it play. So it's like sometimes um, if we're not practicing welcoming prayer, if we're not like deeply trying to like, get in touch with what our soul is advocating for, we don't know what's wrong, we just know that something's wrong. It just kind of feels off, or right? a little distracted or a little hazy, or a little gray. And sometimes spiritual practices are there to help us to understand what actually is at the heart of the matter, what actually is going on. But the thing is, is that when uh, once you recognize what is at the heart of the matter, the world changes because you start to see the ways that God is sending you provision for those things already. <laughs> like there's ways that God is providing that we, we can't even see. Um, uh, so. Asking for our needs helps to recognize how God is meeting our needs. And lastly, something else that happens is we might actually have to change when our needs are met. Oh!
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: okay, not to drag anyone, but like, can we talk about this? Sure. Like, it sure is safer to complain on the sidelines. <laughs> oh! I like. Well, you know, like. This be, this would be better if I actually had like a job that respected me. This would be better if I actually had a roommate that loved me. This would be better if I actually had had if I was actually able to sleep. Yeah. And then when God is like, okay, here's a better job, here's a roommate, here's an evening where you get to sleep. Oh, and then you actually have to do it. Because <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> then you can't just complain about not having the thing. You actually have to do the thing. And then once you actually do sleep enough, you're like, oh, I guess I can't complain about not sleeping (laughs) enough anymore. And then who am I if if I'm not just about, uh, what, what kind of conversations can I have if I'm not just complaining about stuff, you know? And, like, there's a certain, like, posture that has to change when we're actually, like, taking agency in our lives, when we're actually showing up to the game, when we're actually, like, I'm, I'm receiving the provision that is in my life, and I am choosing to act on that. Ooh, all of a sudden we are no longer victims of our lives; but we are agents of our lives. We're actors doing something in our lives. We're no longer just um, beholden to circumstances, but we're actually able to shape at least some of our reality. And that's a threatening place to be because you know what you know what I mean because it's like. It's a lot easier to be like, well, it's someone else's fault, it's it's someone else's thing, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. And once we start making our own choices, it's kind of vulnerable because it starts to be like, oh, maybe I made a choice that has harmed my life. <laughs> right? Like, uh oh. Maybe I made a choice that I need to take responsibility. I can't say it. <laughs> like maybe there's something that's like, oh shoot. Um I at least have some agency in my life. I have some choices in my life. I'm co-creating my life. And of course random things happen. Of course we're in community things. But we do have some choice. And sometimes we get so disconnected from our needs that we're losing our power to be able to make choices in our lives. And here we have Jesus uh, holding up this, this image of this woman who's like, I know what I need, and I am going to advocate for it. I know what I need, and I'm going to persistently ask for it. Ooh, hallelujah, glory. Because sometimes we ask for what we need once, and then it's like, well, it didn't work. Okay, well, I did my part, and now I can, I can go back and complain. You know? And here's this woman who's like creating such a hassle, such a bother, You know, like a lot of, um, at the time, these judges would have been hearing a lot of these cases publicly and so she is marching up in this public square right into this guy's face Uh. and saying, I need you to give me justice now! And she's doing it so assertively and so obnoxiously consistently that she's like, I'm going to embarrass myself. If I don't do this, because now you're making a scene. Ooh, you're making. Has anyone ever been told that they're making a scene when they're just advocating for their needs? Ooh, 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 Jesus is like, maybe there's something holy and sacred in that. You know, like maybe there's something important in that. And so I just want to name, first off, you know, the first teaching of this is is how this can relate to just your very personal life, and and that's that we both need to practice creating space at times and advocating for our needs at times. And those are just like two muscles of the same joint. Like it's like creating space, taking space, creating space, taking space. That's like what it means to be in a relationship. And we practice that to get better and better. And I just wanna name that like you are totally missing the juicy good parts of this story. If you're only taking it as like your own little like personal card that that Jesus sent to just you in like a little hallmark moment. Like this is not just about personal preference. This is about kingdom construction. And so this isn't just like, hey, um, I went to New City Church and I learned that like God is Santa and I just need to I just need to advocate for myself. And then that is all that it means to be Christian. No, like <laughs> like like advocate for yourself. Absolutely, hell yeah, advocate for yourself. And, like, Jesus is kind of trying to challenge you to think bigger about these things. When we're talking about the kingdom of God, have you ever heard that phrase, kingdom of God, before? That doesn't mean, like, uh, okay, we have, like, God in this little room over here, or God in this little Airbnb that I visit every once in a while, or God in the, like, cabin up north. We're talking about, like... The kingdom of God. Everything in the whole world of being of God. That's like what Jesus came to try to like bring into life. is like not just our personal lives, not just our relationships, though certainly those two things, but also our businesses, our organizations, how we relate to each other, our society, justice, systems. Like all of these things are all wrapped up in the kingdom of God. And Jesus didn't really make artificial distinctions between justice interpersonally and justice systemically. Like, he was like, all of this is kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying, by the way, when I say kingdom of God? Like, does that make sense? Where it's like, this story is about creating an imagination for what God hopes for in the world. Mm-hmm. This story is like when you wake up and look out at your neighborhood or open up the news, how what God wants differs from what the empire is creating. Mm -hmm. That's what this story is all about. Um, And and we get an allusion to that in the very end of the reading. There was that really interesting sentence right at the end that said, um, but when the human one comes, will he find faithfulness on earth? Huh. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. So um, Jesus uh, here is—he told this story about this uh, this uh, woman who advocated for her needs consistently, and the the teaching was like, if society, if a society that is not built for you and doesn't care about you can change from your persistent asking, then how much more will God? that change the heaven and earth so that, so that you can flourish in your life. Like, that was kind of the teaching. Mm-hmm. But then there's kind of the sassy little thing at the end where he's like, um, but when the human one comes, will he find faithfulness on earth? What he's talking about here, when the human one comes, is like, in uh, Christian theology, there's this idea that like there was Jesus who was the person who, who came and uh, taught on earth 2,000 years ago, and we believe that that was like God on earth, and then he died and then rose to heaven. And then like there's kind of this framework that says that Jesus is gonna come back and then like all things will be made well. And, um, and so what's sassy about this is Jesus is like, God is going to change for you, God is gonna advocate for you, God is gonna love you, and I are gonna love God back. <laughs> in, in this, is this last thing, and uh, a way. Let me uh, take a step back. In um, uh, our reading was from Luke eighteen, and right before Luke eighteen, there's a really important reading. Especially if you grew up in a conservative theolo- theological space, you might be familiar with what came right before this reading. Luke seventeen says, and "Can I just?" Can we read this in our head with, like, the most epic movie trailer voice? <laughs> As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be during the days of the human one, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage until the day Noah entered. Duh, 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 the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all! Likewise, in the days of Lot, people were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting buildings, Grew you know, theologically conservative spaces, they're like, and that's the end of it. Like, God's gonna just rain down pain. And, like, this, like, Jesus, Mac Daddy energy, that's <laughs> gonna, like, swat all of y'all. I was just gonna, whatever. And it completely erases Luke 18, which uh, is, like, by the way, the character of that uh, but it's, it's completely erasing this. And so a lot of you grew up with this concept of like this final judgment. This concept of like, there will be a time when God is going to look at the rubric and be like, are you worthy of living in heaven or not? And if you're not, then you're going to be condemned to eternal suffering forever, monster truck energy. And if you are, then you get to come into the club where people who look like you get all their needs It's right. like, This kind of this like this kind of idea that final judgment is like is happening in a lot of the um, what I would describe as Christian kind of like the empire Christianity framework is like we are going to. Um, Uh, harass or pressure you to do certain things or uh, behave certain ways because there's like torture waiting for you on the other side and sometimes I want to say that comes from a place of of deep care or deep heart like a lot of people have also had um, deep relationships in these uh, communities but the theology is saying that ultimately like there's a God who has a big club waiting to beat some of you up and like I think that that really, not only does that create, like, malformed people and people who get, like, kind of messed up because it, it means that the nature of love is, like, conditional and that, like, there's, there's like a threat of violence and God like, that kind of messes people up, but it also doesn't show the, 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 the gritty, juicy, good stuff of what is actually trying to be explained in this concept of final judgment name that like, a lot of people who are um, in the progressive or liberal or liberationist circles, which many people at New City Church are, really really dislike the concept of final judgment. In fact, when we were um, setting up this morning we were getting through and I was to do uh, the slides, and this slide came up, final judgment, and people were like, Oh, <laughs> like, oh no! What are we talking about here? That's another, that's another, we're just have the sound effects of, of this sermon. <laughs> okay, so like if you're like an uh kind of place with the final judgment, like that's because you grew up in spaces of extremely judgmental church people, <laughs> and uh, I did want to name that like our opinion of God's judgment often reflects the worst judgment we've received from a church person. Like our our fear about being judged by God at the end is not so much informed by who we believe God to be is, but because who we see people who are supposed to be following God, behaving with each other. How much abuse happens in churches from preachers to folks, or from the, the, the church aunties who are like, judging you with your bare shoulders coming to church, or, or the, uh, the like, bro circles that are happening in churches, where it's like, there's just kind of this toxic masculinity to reinforced over and over. Like, so much of our fear of church so much of our fear of God, and even the final judgment, is that we don't, want to be like the people, we don't want to be judged like the people in church have judged us. But what if God was good? What if this concept of judgment was from someone who was like so abundant, and so good, and so ready to meet your needs? It's funny because uh, here at UC Church, we protest a lot, and we do a lot of like direct action and that kind of thing. And, um, and so on Sunday mornings, we hear people being like, you know, I just don't believe in, I just don't wanna be judgmental, I just don't want a God who judges, I don't wanna talk about any of that. And then on uh, Monday, we go to a protest that's like, we need accountability, we need people who have been oppressed to have the harms done to them met. We need people who are in power held accountable. And it's like, okay, so what do you think judgment is then? <laughs> like, God's judgment is what we're reading about in Luke 18. It's this thing that's like, God is keeping careful tally of all the ways that people have been mistreated in the world, and God fully intends to correct all of those things in like, an end time sense and would love to get that done as soon as possible with our help. So like, this idea of final judgment should be of great relief to people who care about the poor to people who care about um, uh, uh, ending white supremacy, militarized white supremacy, to people who uh, care about women's rights, like all of these things, queer people and unbinding people, all of these things should be like, yippee, I can't wait to have a judgmental God, because we've seen how much what happens when human beings are judgmental, that's not helpful. We're allowing God who is all good, all just, and all abundant to have the final say, you know, um, it reminds me of uh, that Bell Hooks quote. She says, justice requires deep accounting. Justice requires deep accounting. I Meaning we have to like keep track mm-hmm. of things. When you are trying to make things right in a relationship, you kind of have to like resolve all the, the tensions, even when it's uncomfortable. Justice requires deep accounting. Mm-hmm. And what if God was not only tracking all of the, Oppression and harm that's happening in society, but fully intending and capable of making it better. And we see Jesus not to this all the time. Uh, uh, in, in the beginning of this um, same book, Jesus says, I'm here to deliver good news to the poor, proclaim the release to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which by the way. The year of the Lord's favor entails forgiveness of all debt. So, like, Jesus is like, I'm bringing a radical economic, radical social, radical spiritual transformation. And it's going to be, like, something that is hard to imagine now because things are so messed up. But we have to be persistent, We have to pray and be in community together to persistently advocate for a better world. And sometimes that's going to look like um, uh, praying quietly to yourself. Sometimes it's going to be like being that, um, like this widow who's advocating to the judge. But the point is that we are to be a persistent people if we are to ever find justice. We are to be a persistent people if we are to ever find justice. And so God's invitation to you is to persist in proclaiming good news and liberating the oppressed. God's God's charge to you is like proclaiming good news to all the people in your life to uh, show that there is another way beyond just punitive punishment there is another imagination beyond people not having their needs met. Amen. There is a new world possible and we kind of have to persist. We kind of have to persist. And that means like continuing to do it even when you're not totally sure whether or not you want to do it. Like, that kind of means like trusting that it will be worth it to persist. Trusting in community to persist. We have to show a certain sacred persistence.
1: Mm.
0: Otherwise, we'll never get to where we want to go. Mm. And Jesus is like, um, hey, I know life is hard. I know that you're stressed out and busy. I know that you have more place spinning than you know what to do with. I know that your relationships aren't where you want it to be. Your finances aren't where you want it to be. Um, but but if you wait until everything is good in your life to advocate for a better world, you will never advocate for a better world. Mm-hmm. If you wait to tell people good news, yeah. then you'll never be telling good news. And so it's kind of like a, we have to like, uh, like like pray the world that we want into existence as we're still struggling with the world as it is. Like we kind of have to persistently pray a new life into flourishing even when everything around us feels like it's dying and falling apart. This is like what it means to be a person of faith, is that that we're trusting that the good news that God has put on our lives is good news even when it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good news to be had. Gosh, I am in prayer and solidarity with, um, in hearing this, for those of you joining on the live stream, who don't know this, um, here in Minnesota, a lot of the nurses are going on, did y'all hear this, going on strike? And it's like, gosh, who is more, more, who has created more space and more and more labor in our society than nurses in the past three years, okay? And they're like, uh, enough is enough, and it's time to advocate for my needs. And it's like, that is exactly, that is exactly what we're trying to do here in, in, like, in all of this work of building the kingdom of God trying to collectively advocate for a better world, even when the world that we're living in sometimes feels like a dumpster fire. Like, that is kind of the whole Jesus thing. And, and um, like, that is systemic, it is interpersonal, and it is deeply personal, all at the same time. Whatever is hardest for you, whether it's prayer, Having right relationship or advocating for justice, that's probably what Jesus wants you to work on in this next season. So <laughs> whatever like feels the, the hardest for you, that's probably where we need to practice persistence. And the good news is that we have a whole community that wants to support you in practicing that persistence. Mm-hmm. So let us be a persistent people together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, yes,
2: does. Yeah, okay.
0: So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to quietly reflect to yourself and then I'm going to invite up um, any community members uh, in person who would like to share the mic. If you're joining us on the live stream, you're certainly welcome to uh, type in the chat your response to this question. When was a time in your life when being persistent was worth it? If you do want to share just a couple of things to quickly go over, Um, We invite you to share like kind of one concept or one idea, keeping it to two and a half minutes. We especially want to invite our BIPOC and queer folks to share. All folks are welcome to share, but we especially want to center those voices. Please don't overshare. This is not the the space to kind of like bleed over folks. This is, uh, so maybe share from something that feels already resolved to you. And lastly, I I'll save pitches and invites for Circle. We do have an online platform that we would love to hear um, about events and, and future things, but uh, uh, for this time, this is kind of your chance to offer a story or a testimony that shows how God is moving in your life. So I'll give you just like 30 seconds to re- reflect to yourself and to type your answer into the chat, and then we will hear from you all. <laughs> Tyler was okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> we here from the community. I think most of us have a I think most of us have to do a lot of work to get the assumption that justice equals punishment out of both our theology and our politics. <laughs> oh boy, yes, they're co-snapping for you if you put that in chat Yeah, where it's like, Justice doesn't mean like, well something bad happened to me and now I'm going to make sure something bad happens to you. Da-da-da-da-da monster truck, monster truck justice.
2: Justice (laughs) is like,
0: something bad happened to you and we're trying to create the conditions where that thing doesn't happen again and where you feel seen and heard. And so, like, it's just so much more involved than simply punishing people and that's, yeah, that's really important. Um, uh, we have folks saying that that line from the scripture, do not be slow, has a different meaning now. Yeah, yeah, these times are, um, every, every season there's like something that we kind of have to hustle for. And, uh, and I feel that. Okay, so I would love to hear from the community. If there's anyone who would like to share it, so you and you, you're welcome to uh, start lining up here. And um, we will uh, hear from all of you. And by the way, this is not a passive experience for people who are listening. Like we expect you to show so much snaps, love, support, cheers, all of that. So let's uh, let's hear, Let's practice our uh
1: just my journey being trans and how uh, a year ago, actually almost a year ago, exactly, I got top surgery. Um, and uh, there was just constantly this question of like, how do you know? How do you know this is what you want? And I was like, I don't really have an answer for you, no. but this isn't it. Whatever is happening right now for me, this is before surgery. <laughs> uh, like whatever is happening for me right now, I, this isn't it. This can't be it. Um, and I can, a year later, I can attest to the fact that it was absolutely worth it, and I was absolutely right. And there was no way I could have known without doing it. Yeah. But there was, there was so much to be afraid of, Amen. and there were so many messages coming my way saying like. It, you could never be sure, and like you might regret it, and it's like, yeah, but also, <laughs> maybe I would be, feel so much freer, and so much happier, and so much more comfortable in my body, and mm-hmm. turns out, surprise, surprise, I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs>
2: why perspective needs to be considered. And uh, it's exhausting, like it is. Yeah. It is more than exhausting. Uh, and there are a lot of moments, uh, including uh, this morning, where I just felt like, whew, well, I, mean, I don't know any what words I can put into the microphone here. you know what I'm saying, I thought all the words. Yikes, and this word. Uh, um, yeah, but, but uh, seeing and, and, and feeling, remembering, holding that um, when I leave those spaces, like after I've exerted that effort, even if it felt like futility, feeling inside myself that like I've actually, i heard myself say something that's going to, that will make me go to this next meeting and push that much harder, right? Like I felt something in myself that lets me scrutinize what I'm doing that's marginalizing those voices um, mm-hmm. has I don't know, it's, it's put me in a space right now where I feel like i closer to God than I would have. I've never been allowed to be as free. So. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you.
1: Um, for me, um, the, as far as like being persistent, um, in June of like 2021, my like entire world had been completely shaken. Um, to the point where the main question that really happened, that I was like struggling with was how do I create a home? Um, particularly because at that point it felt like my entire home had been taken from me. Um, and so, Past year, I've been really trying to be intentional about you know how do I create home within myself, within my identities, to the point where I can then now um, uh, you know create what home looks like physically around me. And so I'm just really excited to share that I just got pre approved for a home loan. Yay!
0: Church. And uh, for those of you who are joining us on the live stream, maybe you've been joining us for uh, a while on the live stream and you want to start like showing gratitude and be able to support the service for other people, then uh, please give generously. Thank you so much. I believe it 100, 100, 10, 10 people. We know 10 people. We know. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we're closing out, I just uh, want to say a special blessing to people who are starting the school year. Woo!